This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and today I'm with... Alan Gordon. Alan, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm a local resident here in Longstone. Um, have been for about 22 years now, I think. Um, professionally, I work for Edible Estates. Um, as a community gardener, community food, etc. Um, so we're very passionate about bringing better things to communities. Um, I'm also a Longstone community councillor, um, amongst other things. So yeah, I keep myself pretty busy generally. So we're standing at the entrance to Red Hall Walled Garden, which I've never been to as yet. Um, but we're on the Lanark Road, and I think everybody can hear that there's, this is the first Sunday almost out of lockdown. And I can think everybody can hear that there's quite a lot of traffic but there have been uh, quite a lot of spaces for people, measures put in there. So I guess we're going to have to walk away from the road a little bit so that you can tell me. Um, but just to say that looking down towards the city, we've got a segregated cycleway coming up the hill. And um, what's the speed limit on this road? So it's recently changed to 30 miles per hour, believe it or not. I think a lot of <laughs> those cars, gosh, I wish I had a speed gun. I think a lot of those cars might have been doing just a wee bit more than that. Yeah, indeed. And um, and we've also got a, a segregated cycleway coming into town. Correct, from, yeah. I suppose from Gillespie Crossroads. So this is really from Gillespie Crossroads down to Ingalls Green Road. This is the section we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So we would walk in here so that we're slightly away from the traffic and uh, you can tell me, even though we've got some very noisy birds here, this is very rural this part, isn't it? Um, it, is, it is. So what uh, What's the status then with this? They're, they're here, the segregated cycleways are, are here, um, and I presume that Longstone Community Council has had something to say about it. What's, what's the mood? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, I mean, our job, if you want to call it a job, as community councillors is to represent all members of the community um, and all, all opinions, and so we have to be very careful if we are to reach a decision on something that we reach um, one that, that does accurately reflect that. Um, and you, must, you must have views for and against here, I think. We do. I mean, currently, um, we're, oh yeah. Yeah. currently we're, we've, we've sort of reached a neutral position, if you like. There, there, are, there are voices both for and against, which, you know, to some degree is an accurate reflection yeah. of the community. Um, and we've, we've kicked it back and forth probably since October um, and we still have ended up at a neutral viewpoint at this point yeah. in time. But this, is, this is a road where, as you just said, the speed limit has actually been reduced. Um, that presumably was a long time coming. Was that being asked for before COVID-19? That, that's probably the least controversial thing that's happened actually. Um, I think I've be fairly confident in saying that almost unanimously everybody on both sides of the argument agrees that reducing this road speed limit, being the Lanark Road, to 30 miles an hour is a good idea. Um, and it has it, been... It will have to be enforced, however, because today I don't think it's being enforced. And uh... No. I, I guess there's a few, a, few, a few points to consider 
along this, you know, two, two, I guess from the sort of objection side of things is that the speed cameras are actually going to get decommissioned um, as part of this. Now, that, that, seems, I, that seems a little odd. It does. Um, and I think there's a I think there's maybe a good case for keeping them active a little bit longer. Um, I suspect that the reason they're maybe confident that speeds are going to drop is partly down to the road design that they've laid out, which again has proved quite, I would say, controversial, but certainly provoked a lot of discussion. But so do you mean that having the segregated cycleways on either side of the road actually narrows the road and therefore makes it um, a road that people should go more slowly on. Yeah, well, I think people I, in cars, people in vehicles. I should yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, I should add, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a car driver as well. I think we all are. We all are everything. Cycling and walking. Yeah. This is one of my favourite places to walk. You know, one of my friends lives up here, around here all the time. But yeah, it's. I, th I think what you're. It, it feels like quite a transition that we've made because we've gone from what feels like a four-lane superhighway through a residential area, which you know you would never design into. Um, a community these days, you know, that would be bad. Um, you know, I mean, there's, a, there's an industrial racetrack grade barrier further up the road to stop cars that came off there at high speed ploughing into the houses. You know, I would suggest that's not acceptable in a residential area. Yeah. Um, so the, I think that, that initial restriction down to two lanes, which in reality wasn't that different from what was happening anyway, because Prior to that, there was parked cars you up were the sides of both roads, cars. Right? I was going to say, I've been up and down this road often enough to know that you you really do only have one one lane in, yeah. in truth in many parts of it. So from that respect, you know, to me, the you know, there's been a bit of centre line adjustment. The, you know, it has been quite radical change in that sense. Um, but, you know, the, the kind of outcome of that, the upshot really is you've still got two lanes and, and quite wide lanes in part as well, um, which, you know, would be enough if you parked four or five cars side by side to actually stretch across, you know, so it's, there's ample space for cars. I mean, I'd also suggest if you can't put two cycle lanes in on a four lane road in Edinburgh, then, you know, mm. it's a pretty sad outlook for active travel yeah. across the city. Yeah, um, yeah the, only, the other one I can think of is, is London Road, and they've managed to put um, segregated cycle lanes there. They're not actually, it's not actually a continuous one. You have mm -hmm. to come off at the bus stop and then go back on, but it certainly feels a lot safer yeah. um, when you're cycling along there. So we've got this new arrangement in, and change is never easy. For no, lots of people, so um, changes, you know, not never universally welcomed. Um, but we've had the spaces for people consultation. Do you know if the community council uh, had a response to that or made a response to that? Is that something you're aware of? I, I mean, the, the current position is just that we sort of remain neutral. We've not reached a consensual opinion either way, and we're content really to, I guess, initially await the actual implementation of some of the schemes which we're clearly going to go ahead and have. So you mean that everything isn't in yet? Well, no, I think um, I think the Lanark Road section is quite well kind of complete in that sense. I think you know, the Lanark Road tends to get a lot of the focus locally, whereas the you know, it also includes Long, Longstone Road and Ingalls Green Road. Right. Um, those parts, I think, are still to be kind to be of continued. ongoing. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the the bollards that everyone either loves or hates across Edinburgh, are, you know, went in yesterday. I think it was mm. along Longstone Road and uh, and kind of stop. I think short of Ingalls Green Road, um, but 
it's it's maybe you know they, they've made a few adjustments after some initial teething issues and they've re realigned the parking what was a former floating parking bay with against the curb again now so the, there isn't actually a continuous cycleway along either side of Longstone or Ingalls Green Road at present in fact Ingalls Green Road's more or less mm. as it was to be honest um, there's, there's always a lot of parked cars there too I think on both sides in my memory yeah I mean actually I mean as a car driver <laughs> switched to car driver mode going, going along Longstone Road um, and certainly through there now it's actually a lot less congested um, you know, cer certainly the Longstone Road as you came up to the roundabout at the junction with Murrayburn Road um, where the bus depot is and of course always a lot of bus drivers um, parking yeah. their cars around there. Yeah, they um, have to because they can't actually get to work yeah. on a bus because there's nobody driving Yeah, the, the, the buses <laughs> haven't started at the time they probably need to get yeah. to work, right? I mean, so Should we maybe take a cycle down there? You've got your bike, I've got mine. Yeah, why not? We could go down and have a wee look and just chat about that. Yeah, why not? It's a good idea. That's good. So Alan, we've just cycled down um, Ingalls Green Road, Longstone Road. We're now at the Longstone Crescent bus stop and um, I've experienced the, uh, the new segregated cycleway all the way along there. Some of it doesn't have proper segregation in the form of um, the black and white poles, but um, it, at least it's marked. And yeah, I think, it, I think it's a lot better than perhaps it was. What's your view of this? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think having rode that section, um, it's interesting because you, it covers quite a few different um, sort of infrastructure types um, from your sort of traditional just paint. And it's quite interesting to contrast between that and the actual physical protection that the new yeah. barriers do, because you go from one very, very yeah, you safe go from feeling, one to the other. Yeah. and as you suddenly yeah. find yourself Wow, I've got no protection now, apart yeah. from a white line next to me, and I yeah. hope that car behind me, that's suddenly right on my rear wheel, isn't going to mow me down. Well, I hope. I think perhaps as a, you know, as a, a driver too, I think because if you see the black and white poles, maybe it just makes you more aware that there could be a cycle in there. So maybe, maybe that's enough. But uh, we've also got yeah. um, some floating parking behind us here, in. Well, I guess that's what you call it. So actually yeah. we've got pavement, we've got cycle lane, yeah. and then we've got uh, behind the black and white poles, we've got some parking for local residents, which is being used is, and yeah. uh, quite successfully being used. And I guess all we have to ever watch for as a, if you're a cyclist, you have to watch for doors being, car doors being opened. In this case, it might be a yeah. passenger coming yeah. out. I, th I think that's that's been interesting as well. I wasn't, I, I'll be honest, I hadn't made my mind up how I felt about floating parking um, on a street and cycling on the inside of it. But I think on reflection and having done it a few times now, you actually feel very, very safe on yeah. the inside of a parked row of oh, cars. I, I think so. In um, the bollards, I think you're right, focus you know, yeah. car drivers' attentions. Yeah. Um, you know, and they don't want to collide with them, obviously. I don't when I'm driving. No. So you, you do. Give that, that, that inherent. I mean, there's nothing to stop a bad driver plowing through them and still mowing a cyclist down, no. right? But well, there's there's bad bad cyclists and bad motorists, yeah, of course. We've seen everything. But We've you feel everything. safe behind them. Um, I guess like the, the whole car door thing. Also, I hadn't made my mind up about that. But yeah. I think there's enough room there, though. I, I think, think even so, if yeah. somebody were to open that their door fully, 
I think yeah. there's still plenty of room for the cyclists. As yeah. long as if you're hugging the pavement, as, as I think I would be. I think so. I mean, I always approach with, with cars with caution anyway. I mean, I look into them as I go yeah. by, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I have cycled for a long time, you yeah. know, and I, I used to commute along the canal every day to work and yeah. back. I wouldn't so go on the road because it just didn't feel safe, to be no. honest. So. Here, the, the counter argument to any of these measures has been that people say cyclists should go and use the canal. I mm. came along mm. the canal from the city centre today. Beautiful ride, it's, yeah. it's a lovely ride, it's very busy. Yeah, and very there's busy lots of people out there with children and everybody else and it's not very wide and I had yeah. to walk across the viaducts and things like that. But, but I do use that a lot. Um, I wouldn't necessarily use it at night on my own. I might use it with mm. a group of people or something. But certainly that was what one of the suggestions was, oh, just go and use the canal or, or widen the canal towpath, which is kind mm. of a, it's an interesting suggestion when there's only really yeah. so much It's an appealing there. suggestion. Um, I mean, there's been a number of feasibility studies done over the years because the, the problems on the canal have been well documented for many years now. Harrison Stevens, a landscape architecture firm, have done a feasibility study and came up with a fancy snake cycle bridge across instead of the aqueduct, you know. Yeah. Clearly that's going to cost a fortune. I know. Um, I mean, even just widening the canal path yeah, you know, that would along be... it. Never mind all the different land ownership issues it's quite, along it's it. It's quite difficult, really, There's also I think. a wildlife corridor. Yeah. Even just to take that, that band of extra green that mm. is deliberately let to yeah. grow wild for, for wildlife. Yeah. You know, that would be a negative thing along the canal. And a lot of walkers don't necessarily appreciate the volume of cycle traffic now. It's 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 been a victim of its own success really mm. since Sustrans funded the resurfacing of it. Yeah, and then they also put in lights in the yeah. um in the surface further out towards Wester Hales, there are lights out there. And yeah, the LEDs stretch all the way stretch. from the centre of town. Oh do they, right? From um, uh -huh. yeah, which were game changing. Yeah. I mean I yeah. I used to cycle at night back from work along there mm -hmm. and you never were quite sure where the edge of the, <laughs> the canal bank was, right? You didn't, you didn't ever come a cropper then? I've actually twice taken a dip in the canal. Oh no, oh um, no. How which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. A friend of mine actually also last week took a dip. Um, I live in fear and horror of doing that, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, so, no. so what about, what now? What happens now? We've had the, as I said already, we've had the consultation. Um, mm. Things are moving on with perhaps the release from lockdown mm. now taking place. And of course, there's every possibility, um, as it was announced by Michael Matheson way mm. back, uh, there's every possibility that some of these changes will become permanent. Our, what does what do you think? What does the community council think about that? Is that has it been in long enough to think whether they're or to consider whether they should be permanent? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, um, I haven't made a submission sort of either way, but um, I think it, it's now that now that it has been in and it's bedded in a bit. Um, obviously, there's the kind of shock of the new initially. Um, and then things sort of settle down. You know, this is this is a well-known part of the change of any change process uh, in the business world. Mm. Um, I know, and at that point, yeah, rightly you should pause, reflect, Take adapt. Stop. You know, where does does it work? You know, I mean, that, that that should be part of any normal change process as well. Mm. Where it goes, I mean, you know, my my own personal opinion is that you know change is coming at us thick and fast over the next. 
10 years and possibly in a shorter time scale than that. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of different emergencies being a sort of uh, topic du jour, shall we say, from obesity, right. health, climate, uh, pollution. You know, it's, these are all issues affecting every community across every country on the planet. Mm. Not just ourselves, we're not unique. Um, you know, some place, places are more advanced in their uh, response to that than ourselves. There's lots of good learning that has been well researched and documented now that can be you know, brought in and adapted for our context. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's not right or wrong answers to a lot of things, but I, I think we shouldn't be afraid to try because we have to. The alternative is, is what? You know, I, I don't... The alternative is that we sort of submit, admit defeat and, you know, accept that we want our streets to be dominated by traffic, then, you know, that that's going to bring a, a lot of problems inherently with it. I mean, if you really want to uncongest and go with car at the top of the transport hierarchy, then, you know, we should be freeing up all of the tran you know, main arterial routes from yeah. parked traffic. But that, that would be a disaster for the city. Well, that's certainly not going to happen within the lifetime of this current administration who've made no. it one of their um, defined policies that they are going to reduce car usage or vehicle usage of our roads. Mm. So, but it's been very interesting, actually. Thank you for showing me all of these bits and pieces of uh, other uh, infrastructure here out, out here at Longstone. And uh, when's the next community council meeting? Uh, I think at the moment we're, we haven't confirmed 100%, but I think we're shaping up for around about the second week of May. Possibly the 12th of May. Um, I believe it will be Zoom. Um, certainly the last few have. Um, you know, who knows, maybe things will have relaxed even further. We might actually be able to meet in person again. Um, but we've sort of adapted to Zoom. Uh, Has that worked hard. well for Longstone Community Council? I think, I think every, I mean, you know, obviously I work with Zoom every day, you know, as a lot of people have, that are you know, out there you know, still working, you know, that's quite a normal thing for us. Um, prob probably less so for folk who aren't in, you know, gainful employment at present. And, you know, to be fair to, to them all, they've all embraced it. They've found solutions to all. We have folk on phones, we have folk holding phones up to computer speakers for <laughs> we have all sorts going on and and yet everyone's kind of you know they're on board with it we've now had a few meetings and uh yeah. Good. it's worked with with you know which is better than not right you know it's Good. thing we haven't mentioned perhaps is the closure of uh long uh, red hall grove which is the uh the road that the longstone primary and red hall school um reside on yeah that's um, part of a big program of school cl road closures outside schools it is it is yeah. i mean i should i should qualify although we said road closure it is actually open to local residents and it is open to children on bicycles pedestrians normal bicycles whoever you know there's nothing to stop you going in there and you know that also I think including myself you know, it's, it's it's a very short road but there's a lot wrapped up in it and it, people have been searching for a solution to the traffic issues outside um, on school mornings there for many a year um, and so, actually, it's been quite radical and interesting that um, just, just by way of a bit of an experiment, really, it's probably a good time to try it, um, just to actually close the road to, to kind of through traffic. So that's perhaps been quite well received in that case. 
I can't speak for everyone, but I mean, I, I actually can see the the main kind of barrier from where I live in Longstone there. And, and, you know, yeah, again, initially the first week or two, the barrier was badly sighted. It was acting more as a roundabout. There was still problems with cars that felt they could and had the right to use the pavement instead of the road or, or you know, just would go around it. You know, the barrier was then adjusted to a better configuration and immediately that settled down. Yeah. Um, the schools then went back full time. That was kind of the acid test is, is this going to work? Um, the bin men move it out of the way and move it back. If they want a big truck to go up there, smaller trucks reverse up. That doesn't seem to cause them any issue. Um, delivery drivers seem to come and go all right. Mm. It's so it's, it's quietly getting along with its job. I think so, yeah. Mm. I mean, we were quite close. We were exploring, um, you know, something of the oak that's been rolled out at Sheen's and another of Umber, other schools there, um, which was that sort of temporary closure at the start and end of the day, which may, may, maybe that's where we end up. Yeah, the only difficulty with that is that you have to kind of stop it or the school has to stop it or something. Yeah. And certainly when I went to James Gillespie's, that certainly wasn't something they wanted to look at and that's why White House Loan is completely closed. And uh, mm. yeah, that, none, of these, none of these measures have been universally approved across the whole city, but oh. some of them are here with us, some of them will stay. Some of them may be scrapped altogether, but uh, we shall just have to see. We'll just have to wait and see, but I think, I think it's right to try. And if something isn't working, you know, it's right to adjust or, or remove. Alan, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Hi, you're welcome. for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk Thank you.